no, 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 no. Hello, I'm Bill Lawrence, and it's time for Bill's Big Bag of Red Buttons. <laughs> You are listening to Red Button on Cold Radio. And having run out of interesting new guests, we are recycling old ones. This week it's Bryn Griffiths. Ah, I really enjoyed that. I saw Manchester United the season that they got relegated. It was 1974. And I do not recall anybody booing Manchester United the season they got relegated in Old Trafford even once. Well, it was just an unheard of thing. Can I stop you there, Britain? Because I think lots of people booed Manchester United, but they weren't the Manchester United fans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I used to, I mean, you went to Old Trafford, I went to Main Road, um, and the booing was reserved normally for the centre-back cart horse who came in and brought down your attacking players. And the booing was confined to bad tackles and lack of sportsmanship it wasn't aimed at your own team it went that just goes against the whole thing about being part of buying into um, your club the structure that whole um, tribal bit that we become that community element that we become by supporting our local team and I'm just totally against it be kind and I try to explain but I probably get it all wrong what does it mean when you promise someone that no matter how hard or whatever may come it means that I won't give in won't give in won't give in cause everyone I love is here To the fold, the people I call my own. Even if time is just a flicker of light in the shining blue eyes of home, what does it mean when you belong to someone? But you're born with a name and you carry it on. It means that I won't give in, won't give in, won't give in. The Indonesian word for prescription is an anagram of her surname. For her first name, jumbled up, is the first four letters of the word ointment. She has extremely curly hair, considered by Northeast Essex conservationists to be a habitat, and she comes from Kent, and so basks in the reflected glory of wicketkeeper Alan Lott. Yes, the puzzle is solved. Tonight's guest is Tony Pierce. 
When I first started out, I was going to teach at a lot of different places and I've tried lots of different venues as I've gone along. Um, but what's happened and, and I guess what was unexpected was that I've ended up doing a lot more at home because what I've found is some of the venues I've taught at, there's always been issues. I, I mean, I, I, we have a small car and I fill the car with all my, like for two kilns I take, all the equipment I need to take for a start. Um, so that's just one problem in going out. But also I find that a lot of venues don't publicise your classes. So what I ended up doing was I'd be telling people that I was running a class and I'd be running it at this venue. And then really it seemed silly that they may as well come to me because it was the same people. I was getting the people coming. The venues didn't seem to be really getting the people coming. So... Um, I kind of ended up doing a lot more at home and trying to figure out then that publicity thing, so social media and things like that. And those are the skills I've kind of had to learn as I've gone along. This journey through musical pleasures and onions of spoken word has a special name. It's called Bill's Big Bag of Red Buttons. listening to Red Button with Bill Lawrence, Ian Talentire, Mike Harwood and special guest Dave Nash. Red Button, dragging guests in off the street. One of the best places I went to was probably uh, Bhutan, where, which is high up in, in the uh, Himalayas. It's about the size of Switzerland. And, um, and it's such a happy place. Uh, it's, uh, they actually have the gross national happiness there. And, and uh, wealth is second place to happiness. Wow. The, the, king, the king, in actual fact, gave the people democracy. And they turned around and said, we don't want it. Um, but, but when you drive through the Himalayas, the, the thing I loved about the country is that instead of you know, road signs, like the one which welcomes you to Colchester, which says, kill your speed now, um, in, instead of signs like that, they have uh, signs such as, keep your nerves on sharp curves, and uh, after whiskey, driving is risky. So it's more kind of roadside philosophy, which, which gets you uh, uh, eager to last then why so fast is, a, is another favourite one. Wonderful place. So. Well, well, but in contrast to Bhutan, it sounds terrific. Yeah. What's the worst place you've been to? 
Um, well, you could say um, the, the joint security area between North and South Korea, uh, where I had a billion pounds worth of nukes pointing at me, which might make it the safest place on Earth, might make it the scariest place on Earth. We forced our friends to be guests on our show and give us their onions. So here we are with Bill's big bag of red buttons. I guess what you have to do is you have to be able to ride the the latest craze and know what the latest craze is and stash a few things away, whether it's Teletubby dolls or um, VHS tapes or or whatever. You have to have that uh, ability to foresee what is going to succeed, and that is a very rare ability because otherwise we'd all be... You know, producers of hit records and hit films and all the rest of it. Um, there are few people, really, that, that are able to judge what is going to be the, the, the value in the future. But that's yeah. judging a market. That's not actually having ta- talent yourself, other than being able to spot a trend. Yeah. It's not the ability to purify gold. It's not the ability to create a life-saving uh, technology machine. Um, all they're doing is spotting a trend. My uh, daughter uh, had um, Barbie dolls. She wasn't particularly into it, but they were sent from a relative in America. And um, who knows what that's worth, but uh, I'm not sure I can be bothered to go up to the loft and find it. Well, let's hope, Mike, that you can be bothered to just go up to that bar over there, because it's your round. Again. to Red Button. So many similar guests, they all merge into one. This time it's Gordon Robb. Music uh, is integral to our lives. As Bill said, what would I be, where would anybody be without music? Uh, and um, I think we've lost a little bit of the fact that we've become very much an audience uh, of music. Um, And uh, we love listening. Of course, we can listen to everything now. 
We can, and our young people listen to every generation of music right at their fingertips, thanks to the old tinternet. However, uh, participating, I think we're, we're, we're kind of still shying away from participating. I would argue, I'm glad you mentioned singing, Ian, that in the same way as running is to walking, so singing is to talking. Singing is the most natural thing and I think somewhere, I, I'm not sure if it's perhaps unique just to England actually, because let's face it, the Welsh and the Scottish have some great singing traditions, perhaps more the Welsh. Um, and, uh, but in England, well, you have to either go to a football match to sing or you have to go to a church. And singing is becoming more community-based, which is a relief. But yes, it is so good for the soul. It is so good emotionally. It stimulates parts of the brain that other activities or beers cannot reach. And I thoroughly recommend it. And I'm really pleased that we are seeing a revolution of certainly adult-making music and community music. find yourself stuck in the middle of the sea I'll sail the world to find you If you ever find yourself lost in the dark and you can't see I'll be the light to guide you Find out what we're made of When we are called to help our friends in need you can count on me like one, two, three, I'll be there. And I know when I need it, I can count on you like four, three, two, and you'll be there. Cause that's what friends are supposed to do, oh yeah. And then you're turning and you just can't fall asleep I'll sing a song beside you And if you ever forget how much you really mean to me Every day I will remind you Oh, find out what we're made of When we are called to help our friends in need you can count on me like one, two, three, I'll be there. And I know when I need it, I can count on you like four, three, two, and you'll be there. Cause that's what friends are supposed to He drives a new box on wheels Subaru Forester which his children can't stand. He wears polyester slacks and drinks Cinzano Bianco. He shortened his name from Robert to Bob in a 1987 relaunch of his life. Yes, it's the shunned idiot half-brother of the departing British Prime Minister. Red Button welcomes Bob May. Braintree was the only exchange that was still had operators and nobody had dial tone. They all had to wait for the operator to plug into them. Ended up in BT Wholesale as a manager on uh, large capacity Ethernet circuits that we sold to predominantly to the mobile operators to power their masts and carry all the mobile tele telephone traffic. I took voluntary redundancy and had no great plans other than some home improvement DIY and uh, through a chance encounter with a colleague, former colleague, I became a, a driver at Ferrari. It was certainly a jump from a red phone box to a, a, a red high-power car, yes. The leaving was, it was quite daunting and um, I'd been there 39 years and the few months leading up to me finishing I started to think it must be a bit like when you're in the army. Yeah. Everything is looked after for you, that HR, pay, anything yeah. you need to know, there is a resource to support you with that. And I'd seen soldiers who come out and felt quite 
lost and distance. Yeah. So it, th that was a certain trepidation of whether that would happen to me, yes. That was a really good bit, that was. Some people's hot, some people's cold, some people is not very swift to behold. Some people do it, some see right through it. Some wear pajamas, if only they knew it. By the pajama people are boring me to pieces. They make me feel like I'm wasting my time. They all got flannels up and down them, a little trapdoor back around them, and some cozy little footies on their mind. Pajama people, they say pajama people, people. To make you sleepy with the things they might say. Pajama people, say pajama people, people. Mother Mary and Joseph, I wish they'd all go away. Pajama people, say pajama people special. Take one home with you and save a dollar today. Pajama people, say pajama people. Wrap them up, roll them out, get them out of my way. Wrap them up, roll them out, get them out of my way. Wrap them up, roll them out, get them out of my way. button with this week's special guest jill bell what all right uh, it's ball jill ball it says bell on the script i'm just saying all right red button pressurizing our friends to appear on the show i suppose my first political memory is 1979 and so a lot of listeners will know that was the year Margaret Thatcher came to power. And I was seven, six and a half years old, I think. And I remember her being on TV all morning. That's kind of my first memory of politics, was a female prime minister who didn't stop talking. Right. <laughs> and obviously, I, growing up in the north, I, was, I grew up in um, Salford. And we saw firsthand sort of the, not to get too party political, but, you know, the devastation of some of the, the policies of the Conservative government then. Um, in 1984, um, in the end, as a family, we moved down south because my dad, although he had a job, um, he could see that the future of the company that he was working for wasn't going well. Um, and so we, we headed down south like millions of others did um, for a brighter future. <laughs> so this is perhaps where you, were, you became politically charged and created at, at this time. That's quite young. Yeah, and I mean, you've got to remember 1984, so Band-Aid Single was was launched the, the, the Christmas that I, that I moved from the north to the south. So from that sort of start really and then Live Aid took place that's you know 1985 so there was a big kind of political awakening for sort of young people through music um, I went to a lot of festivals one festival I went to um, I got involved with the church when I was down in Letchworth and we went to a, a big festival called Greenbelt which still runs and that's a big kind of political Christian arts festival mm -hmm. so that was kind of where I learned about Nelson Mandela that's where I learned about what was going on in Nicaragua and Namibia and all these Palestine all these things that were going on in the 80s and 90s that was kind of a foundation for my sort of politics. When I think how far the onion has troubled, just to enter my stew today, I could kneel and praise all small forgotten miracles. Crackly paper peeling on the drainboard, pearly layers in smooth agreement, the way the knife enters onion, and onion falls apart on the chopping block, its history revealed. And I would never scold the onion for causing tears. It is right that tears fall for something small and forgotten. Now, at meal, we sit to eat, commenting on the texture of meat, 
or the herbal aroma, but never on the translucence of onion, now limp, now divided, or its traditionally honorable career, for the sake of others, disappear. This is Bill's Big Bag of Red Buttons here on Colm Radio 106.6 FM. And now, let's hear from John Burns. It's a professional sport. It's, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be that sort of... should be linked to a pantomime, in my view. Pantomime, you're booing, you're booing the villain, aren't you? The, the, yeah. the wicked witch that comes down with it, about to turn someone into a frog or something. You, you don't, like you don't, Lambert. Uh, <laughs> <he's the> wicked, <laughs> wicked witch, Paul Lambert, no comment. Um, it's, it's, I, 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 for me, it's, it, it's unnatural. It doesn't yeah. really fit into football or any sport, to be honest. How would you persuade fans to think there's something yeah. else to do? I, I struggles to me how, how how more isn't done uh, abroad. I you know it, it's not it's not just exclusive to this country. You know, an England player away, and we hear po- po- reports of you know ex player was, was was racially abused, and everyone heard it. The FIFA official heard it. The referee heard it. And yet, what do they do? They get a little bit of a fine. They might play a game behind closed doors. I don't fully understand that. Just, are they say, are FIFA saying, well, we don't want to do anything to them because it's a country. That's the way the country is. Civilians are advised to stay in their homes. Evacuations are currently taking place in the London area. All motorways and airports have been closed for military use. Non-essential telephone lines have also been temporarily disconnected. Please stand by and await further information. This is my last communication. Anda sedang mendengarkan sebuah tas besar penuh dengan onions yang punya Bill. In a single tome I got too many friends, too many people that I'll never meet and I'll never be there for. I'll never be there for. Cause I'll
baby ball has arrived. Everybody has a camera. It's like your maths teacher at school told you you would never have a calculator with you all the time, but we all do, don't we? And so we've all got a camera with us all the time now, and everybody uses it. But it doesn't make you a mathematician having a calculator, does it? And in the same way, having a camera does not make you a photographer. You have to have the vision in the first place. You have to see the picture that you want to end up with. Um, You have to have the skill to take it. Um, Obviously, you need some Photoshop skills to bring the best out of it. Now, obviously, there's a a whole debate that rages throughout the, the, the photography world as to what should and shouldn't be allowed certain competitions are very very strict nature wildlife you can do very very little with the photograph um whereas other people are doing composites and all kinds of artistic creations and and there's there's room for it all i don't see why people have to say well you should only do this or you should only do that people should do what they do we all own cameras of course with uh, smartphones but actually it's not that easy is it no fades out And I wonder what I'm doing in a room like this There's a knock on the door And just for a second I thought I remembered you Bill looked at me and he said, uh, Well, Adrian, if I were you, I'd say to your friend in Hertfordshire, Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. And I thought about it a little bit and I thought, Well, wait a minute. Why wouldn't you look a gift horse in the mouth? Because, I mean, like, if somebody gives you a horse... If you, if you own a horse, that's really quite a big responsibility. Somebody giving you a horse is, is no small matter. And, and you look at it in the mouth, because what happens if it has some sort of dental problem? Yeah? How many horse dentists do you know? I mean, you might even have to travel. You might have to travel closer to London. I don't know. Dental problems in a horse can set you back hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Yeah? And, you know... You didn't even want this horse. Somebody just gave you the horse. And then you look at it in the mouth. And then people are saying, don't look a gift horse in the mouth, Adrian. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. I mean, what kind of advice is that? What kind of advice is that? No, thanks. I'll stick with my cats.
This journey through musical pleasures and onions of spoken word has a special name. It's called Bill's Big Bag of Red Buttons. I suppose you, you get back that childlike bewilderment, that childlike curiosity. You know, I watched my 18-month-old daughter, Rose, just try out everything because everything's new to her. You know, if I, if I drop that, what happens? Well, let's do it again. And it, it's kind of like that with, with travelling, that you, you have no idea how to catch a bus. You have, you're taking your life in your hands crossing a road. And everyone, everyone speaks foreign. So it's all ga 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 ga, but you kind of figure it out through hand gestures and pointing, uh, and you have that that childlike adventure again, which is just a fantastic feeling inside. And you take Rose, don't you? Even from the moment she was born, she went travelling with you, didn't she? Absolutely. The first time uh, my, my wife and I uh, took her to to Germany, she was six months old, and we had a seven hour delay on our first flight we had about half an inch of snow that's probably an exaggeration and we all know what happens to airports in the UK with that but we, we had one golden rule as a couple and that was not to argue and, and we were successful because it's stressful you need about 14 hands to bring a child just to the local shop so to bring her to a foreign country you need 28 hands What do you think? If we ask 100 people what the answer is and they all come back with the same one through Google, that surely becomes the truth. The truth is only what people wish it to be. But that's the truth determined by the search term that you put in. Yeah. If you want to jazz it up So how powerful is Google? Google can determine truth. Google could fabricate truth. Absolutely, but if you fabricate truth, once it's the truth, it's the truth. If you say it's the truth, and you are powerful enough that you can talk to 7 billion people every day, which Google can, uh, surely your truth is the truth. Well, what if someone exposed the fact that it wasn't the truth, the Google truth, actually questioned their power? Well, but who can do that, Mike? Who has the power to speak to as many people as Google every day? Google's powerful, isn't it? Fabricated truth. And fabricate can mean make or indeed make up. And so it can be a true construction or a false construction. And 
certainly when I look at Google, if it's something I'm just refreshing my memory on, then I'm going to believe that. Google is so powerful that actually it's more powerful than any government. That power is real power. And how long before Google becomes more important than a government? And in fact, people stop listening to governments and say, well, Google says the alternative. Setting sail to the place on the map from which no one has ever returned. Drawn by the promise of the Joker and the Fool, and by the light of the crosses that burn. Drawn by the promise of the wind and the lace, and the gold and the cotton and pearls. It's the place where the key. All the darkness that you need You sail away from the light of the world On this trip, baby You will pay tomorrow You're gonna pay tomorrow You're gonna pay tomorrow The ability to compress music to a single file on a computer, uh, on a uh, CPU, uh, has completely transformed the portability of music, most definitely. Ownership of music, most definitely. Do you remember when uh, portability of music meant having a C90 or a C60 cassette? I was quite horrified by the latest fashion for those apparently apparently someone singing their praises and they were coming back into fashion god i hope not dolby nr noise reduction the batteries running low the tape playing slower as the batteries ran down the tape stretching the tape getting chewed up by the machine and the sound quality was abysmal chrome tapes still didn't do it uh, the frequency response of a ca- compact cassette is rubbish do not revive them please <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, it made it certainly a kinesthetic act, didn't it? The ability to put the record on, put the needle to the groove. And by the way, they're called records, ladies and gentlemen. Not vinyls, are they? And it is called a record player, not a turntable. We're not DJs of the hip-hop era.
I do hark back to the good old days of Jam Roly Poly, uh, Spotted Dick, mm. Chocolate Sponge. You know, not not just chocolate sponge, but the chocolate sponge that has the chocolate that comes out in the middle. Bread pudding. Mm. I've never been a great fan of bread pudding. Treacle oh, yeah. sponge. Oh, no. But my favourite, my oh. favourite, boys, wait for this. The French would call it Le Bombe. We'd call it a baked Alaska. That well, piece of sponge with a big, you remember those uh, rectangular blocks of ice cream that you used to get? Yes. You remember those? You used yeah, to go down, freezer yeah, yeah. section, supermarket, and it was perfectly rectangular. Plonked on your piece of rectangular sponge, raspberries over the top. And then um, you would saw, meringue. You sawed a slice of ice cream off with a bread knife. You did. You used the bread knife to cut the ice cream. The lesser uh, sophisticated ice cream sellers would give you a block of walls and put it into a round um, cone. And um, the cone is round, so it didn't do much for my maths, actually, because I couldn't work out how a square <laughs> would go into a circle. But uh, I can eat a whole baked Alaska and no one notices, Bill. <laughs> well, I'm, I might be kidding myself, but that's what's going on in my head. Yeah. <laughs> but do you know what, Ian? That just shows we're a bunch of old men, really, doesn't it? This is Box 39, Red Button, Wise and Right on Radio, with only Adrian for a trial period. You know, this is the sort of thing that uh, I think of when I try to remember 1978. I'd remember sitting in my kitchen in a little semi-detached house in a dormitory town just north of London, eating my boiled egg. Or, if it wasn't that, it would be a big bowl of hot ready brick. And you'd be listening to the radio. Of course, it'd be Radio 1. I don't remember any commercial radio. Yeah, there was Capital Radio, but I think I used to listen to that in the evenings. There'd be breakfast radio, and there'd be these figures. I can't remember. Dave Edmonds? No, not Dave Edmonds. Noel Edmonds? People like that. And they'd be these figures... And they'd be like this glue that attached everybody, all my friends at school and everything. And you could imagine them there sitting in this studio. And you'd wonder how they could talk and talk over the intro to a song. And yet they could bring their coherent train of thought to an end just in time so that it finished just as the meat of the record was starting to play. You don't let go, you're gonna break me and you're 
sauteed and raw. Stuff them, use them for gravy, pickle them in vinegar, slice them, deep fry, serve them as rings. I'm Bill Lawrence, join me as I cycle around your radio from midnight every Tuesday night here on Colm Radio with my big bag of onions of musical wonders hung round my neck and over the handlebars of my bicycle. Says it was poison Says she's gonna go home Into the arms of the girl that she loves The only love she hasn't screwed up I'm so hard to please Cause I'm a forest fire I do my best to meet her demands Play it romance We slow dance in the living room But all that a stranger would see Is one girl swaying along Stroking her cheek She said You're a little much for me You're a liability You're a little much for me So she pulls back Makes other plans And now I understand That I'm a liability Get your wild Make you leave I'm a little much for it The truth is, I'm a toy that people enjoy Till all the tricks, they don't work anymore And then they are bored of me So they pull back, make other plans I understand, I'm a liability Get you wild, make you leave I'm a little much for it Gonna watch me disappear into the sun You're all gonna watch me disappear into the sun Take for example this world famous game Angry Birds. Now, I haven't played it myself, I have to admit, but you look at those funny little angry faces, big thick eyebrows pointing downwards and little the little beaks, and yet there are teeth as well. So you've got beaks and the rictus of teeth sticking out. And presumably in this game they do really angry things, but listen to this music. Listen to this music. This, this flute music, it's so beautiful. In a way, I suppose it's confusing. But it's obvious that these angry birds live in a beautiful world. This sweet and sourness. And I think there's a lesson for us all here. So there's a few yeah. of these sorts of protectors, like Palestine would be considered to be... Well, I've been to Palestine. Is that on your list? Uh, I've been. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and it's, it's fine. It's obviously, you know, there are political problems there. But that's the thing about travelling, that actually some of these places which you watch the 10 o'clock news and you think, oh, I'm never going to go there. They're okay. Have you, you been know, to Syria? I haven't been to Syria. I'm going to leave that a couple of years. Um, <laughs> I should imagine Syria and Venezuela at the moment are ones to avoid, aren't they? Yeah, the, the Democratic Republic of Congo, that, that's a bit far down the list as well. So yeah. there is a few places I'll leave till my, perhaps, twilight. 
I'm Bill Lawrence, and you've been listening to a special edition of Red Button, which has combined elements of Bill's Big Bag of Onions with some of our special guests from the last seven months of Red Button. Tune in again soon. Bill's Big Bag of Red Buttons has been a copy production for Colm Radio.